Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Other side of the glass, our guy, Dan Plucker, executive producer extraordinaire. Doing a fine, fine job. Don't forget, Rami Show comes up here uh, at 3 o'clock, one hour from right now. You know, we're going to have Pete Doherty coming up uh, in about eh, 10, 15 minutes from right now from the Green Bay Press Gazette. He wrote a uh, real nice piece column uh, on the Packers special teams unit from yesterday uh, and talked about, you know, the likelihood possibilities of getting a new special teams coordinator, whether or not that's really a possibility. Uh, at this point of the season. We talked about on the Wendy's Big Show uh, as far as you know what could be done going forward as far as you know who can go back and return punts, all the way to the, the, the fact of having Dan Plucker look it up earlier in the show to say, okay, who's actually returned punts before in college that might be able to do it? And really, the only guy we came up with, for the most part, was Alan Lazard, and then we had a caller bring up that Back his rookie year of preseason, he was horrible at it. So I forgot all about that. So obviously that that takes care of it as well. I, I was sitting here pondering, um, as far as like needs of this Packers team right now, as we look at it kind of going forward and maybe looking ahead to kind of next year. We have Chad Ryder on all the time from NFL.com talking draft and so forth. And now with college bowl season upon us, uh, now we're really going to start talking draft because that means we're closer to the end of the season uh, and closer to the NFL draft coming up in April again. Offensive line uh, doesn't appear necessarily to be an issue uh, at this point. Maybe you draft another tackle to protect yourself uh, on the right side of the offensive line. Uh, and other than that, I think the offensive line looks fairly stable at this point. I don't think there's really any issue to worry about the offensive line. Uh, running backs appear fine, unless you have to move on from Aaron Jones, then maybe you have to go find another running back uh, to go with A.J. Dillon at some point. But otherwise, you feel pretty comfortable there. A tight end doesn't look like you're in any fear of losing Tunyon because of his injury. But again, it's 
going to take him out probably a majority of next year too. But DeGuara appears, you get him a full year at that tight end position, uh, playing more in that tight end position. I think you probably are pretty good there and, and set there if you don't want to worry about having to deal with tight end in the draft. See, so yeah, I feel good there. Quarterback position, we know what that is. Uh, on the defensive line, I still think defensive linemen uh, could help. Uh, Lancaster's had a nice year for sure. Uh, Lowry's had his moments uh, throughout the year, absolutely. But I think I'm still looking for upgrades on the defensive line. I think that's that's definitely something. Linebackers, outside linebackers, I think that's going to be a concern too. Why? Because if you don't have Zedaria Smith back or Preston Smith or, God forbid, both, uh, you're going to need outside linebackers to help out with Rashawn Gary here. So I think outside linebackers probably – uh, depending on what happens and how many guys they have to cut in order to get under that cap number, uh, is probably going to be a priority. So defensive line, outside linebacker, depending on Devondre Campbell, if you can bring him back and all of that, I think inside linebacker, you're pretty good with him and Barnes. I feel good there. Uh, secondary corners, you're fine. I don't think you have to worry about cornerback. Uh, safeties, depending on what happens with Amos, maybe you have to uh, think about a safety. But guys, I'm here to tell you, like. I, I don't I don't know how early is too early to draft a punt returner slash kick returner guy. But if it's me to start day three, I guess it would be fourth round, fifth round, I think I'm I'm gonna be start looking for me for a guy that can be that that punt returner, kick returner. Like I think it is that big of a fiasco right now that you're gonna have to invest a decent draft pick in order to fix the Amari Rodgers problem. I mean, unless something drastically changes between now and the end of the year, Amari Rodgers is not that guy. He's just not. And we talked about it on the big show as far as, okay, so do you try to get Amari Rodgers to take some of that muscle off? What? How do you get Amari Rodgers to get some of that wiggle that you want him to have as a punt returner, kick returner? But I, I really think if I'm the Packers... I think you have to go back, and even though Amari Rodgers may have been your idea of fixing that problem, and I don't, I don't know if Amari Rodgers was the guy for special teams as much as they thought it was the guy to essentially play the slot. Prior to Aaron Rodgers, months later, demanding Randall Cobb and having a veteran uh, in that slot position uh, over the rookie Amari Rodgers, which again I understand, totally get. I didn't think he'd have much of an impact this year, and Randall Cobb has had a huge impact this year for this Packers offense. So again, kudos to 12 uh, for essentially telling Goody that he wanted that done in order to come back. So he gets credit for that, obviously. But they've got to, they've got to fix the return game. Like, I again, you know, Allen Rossum, Desmond Howard, you can go through the different guys that they've had that have been pretty good uh, as far as special teamers uh, and returners, but you could just see with the Bears yesterday, it changed the whole game. The whole game was changed because of special teams and the ability for a guy to take the ball to the house. And even when the guy didn't take it back for a score, he's at the 40, he's at the 45, he's at midfield. Yeah, okay, fine, he gets pushed out, maybe he doesn't finish, but it changes everything. It changes how short a field you have to work with. Muffing punts, gigantic. Now, they got lucky on the one that bounced off his chest that, A, you you can't advance it, and then, B, they got the break in which the guy was essentially ruled out of bounds uh, and brought, came back in. It was a BS call. That never should have been flagged. Either way, they got lucky on that one, too, and they were able to overcome that, yes. 
But you start talking about defensive line, outside linebacker, maybe safety. Fine. You can go defensive line, outside linebackers first couple of rounds. But I think by round four, round five, I think you have to try and find a solution to this problem. Because it is a problem. Unless you're going to find some vet. And I don't even know who that vet would be. Plucker, can you name me the best punt returner in the National Football League right now off the top of your head? Because I can't do it. There's no Devin Hester. That, the, that, those type of specialty guys where I mean, you're like, don't want to punt to that dude. He's returned three this year. That was the first punt return in the NFL all year last night. For for Seattle, Tyler Lockett was that guy for a while. He was. I don't know if he's still back there returning kicks because he has a much larger role in the offense Correct. than he once Don't did. want him getting hurt. But he, but he was the next closest thing to, like I guess, that Devin Hester-type right. superstar at the yeah. return label. But, yeah, there's not really anybody right now that I can think of. And, and that, to me, is the biggest deal right now, I think, for this Packers team. Look. Guys aren't punt re- taking punt returns to the house anymore in the NFL. Clearly, that was the first one last night uh, in the NFL. But they can still be difference makers. And to invest that pick in a guy that can run a 4-2 or a 4-3 uh, and has experience you know, returning some punts, I don't care what position he plays. Do not care. If if we're taking him in, you know, say, the fifth round or whatever the case may be, Great, you can be the third running back or the sixth cornerback, sixth wide receiver, whatever. Don't expect anything out of you at those other positions. All I want you for is special teams. That's it. That's all I want you to do. And that's something Leroy's been asking for forever in a day and something we've all been talking about on this show. And when you have games like last night where it was such a fiasco uh, last night, it just shows you the value of having that difference maker back there, and they haven't put a high value on it. They just really haven't. Uh, under Goody, uh, and even going back to Ted, I mean, even at, with Ted, I don't think he ever put a high value on that returner that could change the course of a game. And you know, Devin Hester, you know, that's a borderline Hall of Famer. So I'm not saying you have to get a Devin Hester necessarily, but somebody that's a threat to take it to the house because right now you don't have it. You don't have it unless somebody steps up. You know, if, if they try Jawan Winfrey or somebody back there and he ends up changing things and he becomes your guy, fine. But you would have thought by this point if Jawan Winfrey had any chance of returning punts or anybody else that they've got that's not playing a whole bunch, that they would have tried this already. Uh, okay, coming up next, we'll talk with Pete Doherty. I, I want to see what he thinks because I, I've I've had enough. We could change special teams coordinators. We can change other guys. But until you get a guy that can change the field position game as a returner, I think you're going to be stuck in mud going forward. Hey, are you looking for a new career? Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? A company that's been in business over 30 years? How about a company that's been listed on Inc. Magazine, one of America's fastest-growing companies, seven out of eight years? Well, you're in luck. Young Express, the company we talk about so much, is growing and looking to hire now. Right now, immediately. So, this is what they're looking for. They're looking to hire a dispatcher, right? So, you have to be able to multitask in a fast-paced environment, good communication skills, computer literate, an overly friendly disposition for dealing with a variety of customers and drivers, no experience necessary, they're willing to train you. Again, as I've said this before, when they've looked for dispatchers in the past, you can't be a jerk with a short fuse. Like that, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You got to be that person that everybody's like, man, you are always so happy. You are so nice to everybody. That's kind of who they're looking for right now. If people have said that to you, 
then apply for this job. This makes sense. At Young Express, you get a competitive hourly wage they bring you on. Paid holidays, vacation time, personal days, 401k with a company match, beautiful, health plan, profit sharing, hello. Apply today at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Welcome in to today, Green and Gold Monday. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Dan Plucker, other side of the glass. How are you doing after a Packers win over the Chicago Bears yesterday, last night in prime time? A win there that was absolutely huge, uh, I think, for this Packers team because of how badly they played. They were just flat out awful in the first half of the game and really awful the entire game when we start talking about uh, the fact that they were just beat in special teams play after play to to the point where I was just sitting there going, you know, maybe we should just pump the ball out of bounds every single time. Just pump the ball out of bounds. Let's not give him an opportunity to return it and so forth. Meanwhile, Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, that dude was talking at halftime. Man, I'm having a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. And people got just killed him, right? It's, ah, you shouldn't be saying you're having fun. You're a head coach. You got to win the game. Then talk about you had fun there. You got a whole another half of football to play. Well, Nagy's on the hot seat, obviously, in Chicago. Uh, and he talked after the game. Uh, about how happy and proud he was of his players. For me, it's, you know, I I just want to do everything that I can for this team and for these players. That's all I care about. I want these players to have every opportunity that they can have to win this game. And I pour my heart and soul into this for these guys and for with these coaches and um, and, and just to be able to give them an opportunity to try to come up with a, a good game plan so that we can win this game. And then we, we understand the significance of it. Um, division game, big rivalry, where we're at as a team. Um, and so, and, and, you know, for us not being able to have, you know, more success in, in the time that I have been here against them, you know, that, that part's frustrating because you want to be able to, to be better. But um, the one thing that um, I just really, really, you know, love about these guys is that they come every single day and they, 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 they pour their heart and soul out there. You know, we just, some, some places we got to be a little bit better, but it sure as, sure as hell ain't because of effort. I, I want to bring Plucker in on this because I, I'm, I'm trying to understand this from a loser fan base uh, standpoint uh, that is listening to Matt Nagy talk. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Now, I can relate from a Bucks fan standpoint because, again, they've stunk for a majority of my life until Giannis got here. God bless the man. Uh, until they got here. So I get it. And I remember specifically over the course of time, as I'm sure many of you do, when the Bucks would lose a game and Jason Kidd would come out and talk about, well, yeah, we just didn't have any energy last, uh, didn't have any energy tonight. Uh, just the effort just wasn't there. So I can I I get that part of it. But as a fan base, when I hear my coach say, well, they played hard, they battled. I'm happy they battled. I remember saying things along that way of thinking when I would do post game shows after Bucks games. Same type of thing. Well, they were down 15, but they battled all the way back. Yeah, they never took the lead, but they didn't give up. They didn't roll over there in the second half. Pretty happy with that. To me now, to me, that type of answer tells me that they haven't done that consistently all year. That throughout the year, that may have been an issue. 
And because they didn't do it this game, he felt it necessary to pat him on the butt, pat him on the back, and go, good job for not quitting. That's what it feels like to me. Now, I don't know how you all read it, but that's what it feels like. Now, again, I'm going to go to Plucker because, again, Lions fan, so he's experienced with losing and listening to head coaches talk after moral victory type games. Because that almost felt like to me, like Nagy was trying to convince everybody that, yeah, we lost, but man, there were a lot of good things. They're almost like a moral victory uh, at the end of the season for this Bears team. And I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think Bears fans want to hear about moral victories and you're facing your arch rival, the Green Bay Packers, about, oh, well, we kept it close, closer than everybody thought we would. I, that was pretty good effort by our guys. Blugger, am I, out, am I nuts here thinking that that's kind of what that whole thing sounded like? Well, that is what it sounded like. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I- as a head coach, I don't know what you can say. Like, the Bears had a lead. They were in a position to win this football game, and they made a bunch of mistakes, and they didn't. And the Packers, just straight up, are a better football team. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm the head coach of the Bears in that situation, I'm not going to rag on my own guys. What kind of coach am I if, if I go out there and just say, yeah, they're they're just a way better team than we are? Like, you can't say that. That's that's committing suicide essentially for your for your career as as the coach and right. ripping on your own guys who you're trying to rally but have rally behind you. So yeah, to that degree, but at the same time, like if if you have a team that does need to be called out you call them out i don't think the bears needed to be called out last night they they played better than the packers for one half of football and and that is uh, a moral victory sure and and that those can only go on for x amount of times and that's why matt Nagy's days are numbered because it's been too often you you can deal with it for a certain amount of time but at some point results have to start happening and if they don't then that coach talk that it is it gets tiresome and and it gets annoying and that and it's been that way for Matt Nagy and the Bears for quite some time now and and it's past that point right and, and to me though I, I think when you're talking about it from a Packers standpoint uh in dealing with this the really good teams don't have this issue the really good teams don't have the issue of well are we going to play hard if we get behind and that goes to any sport right if you could take that and you could look at the NBA you know, the Bucs won't play hard every night. That's the difference. Teams that aren't that good aren't going to play hard necessarily every night. There's going to be nights where, for whatever the reason, teams just is in general, it's going to be in a funk. It's not going to go all that well. The teams that are sitting at the top of their division or at the top of their conference with a lot of wins and not as many losses, like, say, Golden State this year or the Bucs or Phoenix or whoever you want to point to, those teams play hard every game. Those teams have leaders on those teams that get them to, you know, kind of buy in and play hard every night. We can say whatever we want about coaching and how big of a deal it is to to have a coach and so forth. But if you don't have the leaders in the locker room that can set that pace, set that standard, you've seen it with Giannis, where he's chirping and yelling and clap his hands. Uh, during a timeout of a game going, come on, guys, we're not losing this. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. That type of stuff. Do you have those players, you know, in that locker room to get you going? Some locker rooms, if it's a veteran locker room, like, say, Green Bay, that has won 13 games, back-to-back years and so forth, they don't need all the rah-rah stuff to get you going in the right direction. But that Bears locker room that has done nothing but experience losing for several years, you need those type of guys. 
And that's why I think when you're, say, Detroit, and you're trying to find a new head coach, and you're like, oh, boy, who's it going to be? And you find this rah-rah Matt Campbell guy, or Dan Campbell, whatever, to come in here and and do this, he's a rah-rah guy, right? Then you're going to surround that rah-rah guy with a bunch of other former players that can be rah-rah guys, too, that can try and get this team up and playing hard each and every single game. You bring in a Jared Goff who's had success and who's won with the Rams. Now, is he the vocal guy? Can he play at a high enough level to garner the respect in that locker room? Charles Woodson, he wasn't a vocal guy. He wasn't a guy that was constantly giving speeches and all this other stuff. But you know what he was? He was the best damn player on the football field more times than not on the defensive side of the football. Defensive player of the year. When you're that good and you're that dominant, you can have the... Uh, we're, you know, if the president don't want to come see us, we'll, we'll go see him type deal. Those type of speeches. You can have that. Sometimes a coach can be that guy. Kevin Green talking to Clay Matthews. Now's your time. Now's your time. And he goes, makes a play. And Ray's like, oh my God, what a, what, what a great deal. Kevin, you know, Kevin Green and, and, and Clay Matthews. Oh, wow. Great. That's why when you start talking about changing uh, the, the mentality uh, and the culture inside a locker room, it's normally not going to be done by just one coach. That's not how it works. It has to be done by the players and bringing guys in that have that mentality, that are willing to outwork everyone, that have that mentality of every loss means something, hates losing, It's going to make damn sure everybody around them knows how much they hate losing and you should hate losing as much as I hate losing. Some people hate losing more than they love winning. That's a very common thing amongst these great players. Losing is a bigger deal than to them winning. Why? Because they expect to win. They expect to be great. They expect to be at that level. And when they lose, it's a gut punch. And they can't handle it. See Urban Meyer, who really can't handle it at this point. That, to me, that is a, is a big deal. So, just observations. Uh, about this whole thing going on with some of these bad teams and, and trying to turn it around. You can go back to Leroy uh, and that whole deal that they had in Green Bay prior when Lindy Infante was there. They had the cardiac year with Mikowski and, and those guys. Almost made the playoffs. Uh, and then it goes downhill. Wolf doesn't like the culture. Wolf doesn't like how practices are being run. Doesn't like the mentality of these guys. They lose a the game. It doesn't seem to matter to them whatsoever. Fine. We're going to change things. Not only did he change things in the locker room, he changed things throughout the entire building. I mean, there were people getting fired all over the place that had nothing to do with the on the field. But it was the mentality that they wanted. You know, Mike Holmgren talked about when we had him on last that there was kind of a complacency in the building. That people were comfortable doing what they wanted to do and wanted to do it their way and weren't willing to change and go in the new direction. That That's the thing there. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Tom in Richfield. Uh, you're next uh, here on the Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Tom? Hey, uh, not much. I'm glad I got to call you because I listened to your sister station in Chicago. The score. Is this Ronnie? This is Sparky. Sparky's Midday Madness is the name of the show. I know. I know. Uh, The the people down there, the the radio station is brutal to to the Bears. Yep. And in in the way, you're kind of being a little bit brutal. And and I'll tell you why. Are you a Bears fan? no, I'm a Packer fan, but I listen enough, and I, I mean, I think I'm knowledgeable enough to say that when when Nagy got there, they gave him a backup quarterback 
and he is going to be the savior of the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky. He's sitting on the bench now. He's not. He got a bad deal, Nick. Then they get rid of Mitch. Okay. First of all, they have no one. They got nothing. They they got no line. They got no defense, and they're supposed to win. And and the expectations of the Chicago fans was the reality. The expectations were not the reality of the situation. They thought they were going to bring this young kid in, and I, they put him out there, and they shouldn't have until they had a year to learn. They should have let Andy Dalton play, and now they got a mess. It's going to take – they can fire Pace. They can fire Nagy. It's still going to take them three years before they have a competitive team. And if you took our guy, Matt LaFleur, and you put him in Nagy's shoes – down in Chicago, he wouldn't have fared any better. They got nothing down there, and, and they're all ragging on, on uh, Matt Nagy. And I'm not a Matt Nagy. I'm just saying. They got nothing. LaFleur, what do you think Belichick would do with that lot of guys they got? They'd down? win a hell of a lot more than Nagy, as I promise you, because Bill I Belichick could run circles around Matt Nagy coaching. That's why. Yeah, well, he's a breed on his own. He still wouldn't have done that good this year. How did he do last year? Listen, if you if you listen, hold on a second. If you look at what they've got in New England versus what he's got in Chicago, Belichick doesn't have an Allen Robinson. He does not have an Allen Robinson. He does not. I don't think he's got a David Montgomery either at running back. And he's got a rookie quarterback just like they do in Chicago. No, Nagy deserves the heat he's getting. Thanks for the call. Listen. Again, I'm trying to be objective. This is what I don't like. I don't like Matt Nagy going to his kid's high school game or whatever, and the opposing student section is cheering fire Nagy, right? That sucks. That sucks for the kid. That sucks for everybody involved that you got to go through that. So that was classless and stupid, and it is what it is. Does he deserve criticism for how this whole thing has played out? Yeah, I think he does. Why? Well, because he's an offensive guy. You hired him from Andy, under Andy Reid to come in here and fix this and coach up the quarterbacks. And Pace is his counterpart who they're tied at the hip with. So you had one young guy you were supposed to develop and make better. Didn't happen. Now again, Trubisky hasn't done anything anywhere else yet either. So providing that doesn't happen, fine. Maybe it's a missed draft pick. Now you get Justin Fields. If you look at that offense New England's running and how they're doing it to put Mac Jones in the best case to succeed. Mac Jones isn't Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. He's not that. But you know what he's doing? He's managing the game within what Belichick wants him to do so they don't lose the game. He's making enough throws to let that defense win games for him because Belichick, defensive guy, but also understands the offense concepts and how to put the quarterback in a position to succeed. Not an idiot. Matt Nagy, what? Tell me. That first half deserves credit. No doubt. Run some of that college crap uh, that we see in college football, and it worked. It was had the Packers defense on their heels for a little bit, sure. But then, again, now you get to halftime, you come out, and what happened to the offense? Just died. That was the end of it. That's on him. It's his offense. Him and Bill Lazor. Lazor's t- calling plays. Why know why? Because Nagy stunk at it. When Lazor, the offense coordinator, took over play calling last year is when they finally started going, and Montgomery finally started running the football. So, this year, Nagy starts again. Stunk again. They had to go back to Bill Lazor's offensive coordinator to call plays again because he wasn't good at it. That was the reason you hired him. So, yeah, he deserves the blame. I can't believe I'm talking Bears, but whatever. 
Mike in Sparta, uh, you're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Mike? Hey, love listening to your show. I listen to it every day. I had a couple comments. Um, obviously, we were a little, little upset with our special teams last night, but I, I'm confident they're going to turn it around. But I had a question for you on the revenue. I've heard that the NFL is restructuring the NFL revenue, and, of course, Green Bay is a small market, but they may be getting more money. And we've heard a lot of talk about Rodgers not coming back and so on and so forth. But what you see him and Devontae Adams doing on the field, we've, we've got to keep those guys somehow. We've got to free up some money and find those guys because we all see what Jordan Love can do, and it wasn't impressive. Uh, I love I, your show. Okay, thanks for the call, Mike. I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. You can't ju- – well, you can do whatever you want. I cannot judge Jordan Love on one game. I'm not going to do it. I'm not on one game. I'm not going to say, well, Jordan Love stinks. I'm not doing it. If you want to give up on a dude after one game, that's fine. No problem. But do remember all the interceptions that Brett threw in his career, all the talk from fans that wanted Mark Brunel to replace him, even more talk from fans that wanted Hasselbeck to replace him because he threw too many interceptions. It's costing you games, costing you playoff games. Aaron Rodgers. His first couple of years was brutal in preseason. Horrible. They had to redo everything concerning that dude throwing the football. They had to work on footwork. They had to work on where he held the ball, the release, everything. Had to rebuild him from what Jeff Tedford had with him at California. But Brett was playing. Brett wasn't hurt. He never got put in the situation that Jordan Love got put into. He didn't miss an entire training camp or an entire set of preseason games where he didn't have to play. Didn't have any of that. I know I sound like the Jordan Love defender in all this, but seriously, maybe he won't work out. Maybe he won't be any good. But can we see more than a game before we move on to whether or not he's going to work or not? He may never be the starter in Green Bay. They may extend Aaron Rodgers and trade Jordan Love this offseason. Could happen. They could. Or they could extend Aaron Rodgers, let Jordan Love sit, hope he has a good preseason, and then trade him the next offseason. Because, again, if you extend Aaron Rodgers three, four, five years, Jordan Love's going to get traded, and you'll draft another quarterback in, say, three or four years uh, to try and be the next replacement for Aaron Rodgers when he actually does retire the next time. Uh, Pete Doherty, who we're supposed to have on this segment, reached out, apologized. He'll be joining us in the next segment from the Green Bay Press Gazette. Nate, north side of Milwaukee, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Nate? What's up, Sparky? I, I, I'm, you're going to only take uh, – you're going to hear this from me. And me only. That's the only take you're gonna hear all day about special teams. I don't like. I don't. I don't like that. Um, we're giving Amari Rogers a hard time. Um, you want to know why? Because nobody played good on special teams yesterday. Coverage units didn't. They didn't stand. They're horrible. Um, Taylor with the horrible running the ball out of bounds. Yep. The offense started off slow. Defense started off slow. So for to say that. I was listening to you guys earlier. I couldn't call in, but Gary Ellison saying he couldn't stand back there and catch the ball. Like, come on now. That's that's this is the this is really one of the only one and only the first times that it's been really harped on. Um, Nate, he's mu- he's muffed several this year. Yeah, so have so have everybody else that you put back there. He and, and I bet you he's caught the most balls back when you from being put back there as well. You got to think about it. When they drafted Lamar Rogers, he, they 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 drafted him, and then you drafted him saying, "Oh, we want you to be a part of the offense." 
And then guess what? You bring in Randall Cobb, and then you don't give him. You just say, "Oh yeah, just go out there and return kicks." Like he he doesn't. He, you don't get him involved in the offense. You don't get his leg. Nate, he has that. Leg. Makes it even better, Nate. He then has one job to focus on. He doesn't have to worry about the offense or anything. And, he just has to focus is, on returns. It's you know, Sparky, and this is the only time that he's that that he. Him muffing a punt is really only cost the, cost the game. But that's now, not the point. You can't have a muff a punt in the playoffs, and then you call back and go, well, it's only the second time it happened all year. They're not going to the Super Bowl now because of it, but it's no, okay. There's next year. Sparky, that's not fair because if Mason – you said, you said, you said the, uh, like two weeks ago, if Mason Crosby missed a kick, uh, they'll be fine with it. No, I'm not going to be fine with that neither. No, no, the you organization's going to be fine with it, Nate. The organization. You cannot blame Amari. You cannot get on Amari Rodgers for muffing a punt when nobody played good yesterday. Nobody. But all I'm, all I'm hearing is Amari Rodgers, Amari Rodgers, Nate, Amari Rodgers. let me ask you a question. You, if you look at this team right now, if they lose a playoff game because of a missed kick or a muffed punt or special teams coverage units, how upset do you think everybody's going to be? Just as just as I said, if we miss, uh, if we lose a game by Aaron Rodgers throwing an interception, no, no, totally disagree. No, I do not think it will be the same at all. Nope. But Sparky, all I'm trying to say is, you you get on the you get on the radio. Everybody's got on the radio today. Amari Rodgers, Amari Rodgers, Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers made one mistake yesterday. It was it's guys out there that made countless mistakes time after time after time again, but we don't hear their names being called. Why? Why is he? Why is he the only one that's getting his name called on the radio? And everybody's saying he needs to either he needs to be uh, cut or he needs to lose. I never said to be cut. No, we no, never asked I'm for not, him to be cut I, on the big I show. I didn't say. I didn't say you. I said. I said people. People are out here saying you need to. Well, we're going to have, listen, Nate, we're going to have Pete Doherty on next. He wrote a big piece on the special team, the Green Bay Press Gazette. Thanks for the call. And we'll ask him about Amari Rogers, uh, too. One more in here, and then we'll get to uh, Pete Doherty. Willie in Germantown, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Willie? Hey, how you doing, Sparky? Good. I heard you say that um, you're not going to get on Jordan Love case off of one game. No. There's a difference here. Jordan Love had all week to prepare for that game. Aaron Rodgers did come in the game against Dallas, in Dallas, when Brett Favre got hurt in the first quarter. And it's harder to come in the game when you think you're not going to play. And he performed well. What year was that? I can't tell you exactly what year. I believe it was was, the third year. And he came in there and he played well. Secondly, when Aaron Rodgers was in his first and second year, Mm. you heard plenty of players saying that this kid is special. We got a kid on the scout team. That is special. Who? They were players. They were receivers. Donald Driver was on Jim Rome, and they asked him about Aaron Rodgers. He goes, I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about Brett Favre. That's not my quarterback. They were not calling him special. You've got revisionist history, Willie. Nobody was calling that kid special his first and second year. They were were saying he was good. You never heard anyone say anything about Jordan Love. Period. Willie, nobody was saying that kid was good his first couple of years. Thanks for the call. In fact, the Packers weren't even saying anything. The Packers drafted a quarterback in the second round. That's the year they took Brom, who was horrible. They took Flynn in the seventh round. The year they took Hawk at five, there was talk of Vince Young, if he made it to five, that they were going to take Vince Young. Then they come back in the second round. They take Brom out of Louisville, the quarterback, and they come back with Flynn. Yo, again, I understand we all love Rodgers. But you guys seriously do not remember 
how bad that dude was. Like, again, and it's fine. It worked out. Hall of Famer, first ballot, great quarterback. Fine. Don't need to get all offended and upset because he wasn't good the first couple of years. And by the time he got in there, yes, they had changed his release. They had changed where he held the ball. They worked on footwork. They did all this stuff for two years trying to get him right, and then he he produced. Sure, yes, absolutely. No question. But let's let's not act like people were calling him special. Wasn't nobody calling that dude special his first two years on that team? Nobody. Find me the quotes of guys after his first or second preseason where guys, guys, his teammates were saying he was special. He was working out with James Jones in California to get the reps in practice. That's how those two established those chemistry. He wasn't working out offseason with Driver and Jennings and these guys. Come on. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick time out. We'll hear from uh, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, our guy Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Press Gazette joins us now. Pete, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Sure, Sparky. How you doing? Uh, doing all good. Uh, you know, obviously on the big show earlier, we talked all about the special teams. Uh, people, you know, obviously wanted to get rid of Moat Drayton and everything else last night during that game. You wrote a great piece uh, today on the special teams unit and the likelihood of anything happening to Maurice Drayton. Now, LaFleur last night right away said, look, we're not getting rid of anybody necessarily at this point. But uh, in your piece, you, you talked about the fact of Look at what's behind Mo Drayden. It's not like there's a lot of experienced coaches on that staff behind him that could step in and replace him. No, his top assistant was a a special teams assistant at Vanderbilt for a year. Came to the Packers with LaFleur with quality control for two years, and this year he's an assistant again. That's that's their most experienced special teams guy besides Drayden. I mean, you can't put that guy in charge, you know, at this point in the season. I just... I don't think they have any options. LaFleur picked this guy last year. He made the change at coordinator. Um, they've just got to change the way they're playing special teams. I mean, I think they got to find somebody who can kick the ball in the winter uh, out of the end zone, and they got to punt the ball, you know, either out of bounds or try to get it right along the sidelines or go purely for hang time and not worry about distance so much. They got a good punter, so they don't have to cover. And I don't know. Maybe they can find a return guy in somebody's practice squad. I don't think the chance of finding somebody on the street are very good. But um, what about Tyler Irvin? That's a guy that's came up on the big show today. People asking where's Tyler Irvin? I looked him up on Twitter. It appears he's just chilling at home. He's going to put on a free youth clinic or something coming up here at some point. Do you think that would be a, a scenario that they would possibly be willing to go down? I you know bring him in for a workout. Why right. not? I you know who who knows what he's been what he's been doing. What kind of shape he's in but mm-hmm. he's better than what they got for sure if, if he's in decent shape the know? other thing that was brought up uh pete was uh what about having the punter uh do the kickoffs instead of crosby well, what about that's, him that's, doing yeah. that yeah that's that's what i was referring to there actually eric project and i were talking about that this morning um yeah you got to see if uh Horaquez can uh can kick the ball and if he can you know have him be your kickoff guy so he can kick it out of the end zone because you know in the in the winter up here you lose a good five yards, you know, with the air pressure on the ball and all that. And Crosby just can't, you know, get it out of the end zone. And teams like – I was just watching the Bears last night. I thought they have a really good really good return, guys. But they were lining up five yards deep. They were returning that ball, you know, no matter where it ended up in the end zone. Um, it, I don't think it ever did end up in the end zone in the second half. But, 
you know, they were going to return the ball. So you got to get somebody who can really can knock it out of there. And, you know, there's no way Crosby's doing that in the winter at his age. So, yeah, I would give uh, Bohorek was a shot at that. I don't know if he's done any kickoff or not in his past, but um, he's got a good young leg, so give him a shot. The other thing we were talking about uh, was, uh, you know, the fact that you draft Amari Rodgers. Yes, the thought was probably slot receiver, whatever the case may be, and some special teams. It didn't work out once, so then Cobb ends up going back there. Now Cobb gets hurt, and you know, we're back to this again. Uh, he muffed one, and as the caller Nate uh, brought up in the last segment, all these guys made all these mistakes, and we're singling out one dude that made one mistake uh, in the football game. But it's been something of a an issue with him and an adventure with him, uh, returning kicks throughout the year when given the opportunity. Uh, and I was saying back in the first segment, you know, we start looking at this team as far as needs and so forth. I mean, if it's me, day three, you know, fifth round, whatever the case may be, I think I'm trying to find me a guy that can return kicks. I don't care if he's your sixth corner, your third running back, or what sixth wide receiver, whatever the case may be, but somebody that can fix this problem so it's not an ongoing issue and somebody that can help you change field position week to week. Because right now, you don't have that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, and they've never wanted to do that. And I think they thought maybe Amari Rogers would kind of be that, which he hasn't. Um, but, and I, you know, they've never come out and said this, but I think the reason, you know, at least for Thompson and Gutekunst is, you know, they play up here, you got to play here in the winter, they don't like smaller guys. And I just think of, uh, like, Tariq Cohen from Chicago, who's a really talented guy, small guy, and he's hurt all the time. So I think that's their concern is that, you know, they bring in a small uh, return guy and he's going to get hurt because they also do want these guys to do other positions. But I'm with you. I say, you know what, if all the guy does is return punts and kicks and he's your fourth running back, fine, you know, do it. Use a roster spot on him because, you know, we're seeing this year the difference it could make. So, um, yeah, fifth, sixth round, that's the perfect time to, to try to pick a guy like that. They usually are on the smaller side, but you know, give it a shot. Get you know, you hit on the guy. Get him. Get four. Give him. Get four years out of him, and then do it again. Tom Pete Doherty, Green Bay Press Gazette, here on Sparky's Midday Madness on twelve fifty AM. The fan. The other thing that we we talked about earlier, as far as the difficulty level of being a special teams co- coordinator in the NFL or in college or in high school, whatever the case may be, but as guys get hurt. It takes away from the guys that you have on your special teams unit is now they have to go be regular members of the offense or defense, and then those position coaches don't want them possibly getting hurt on special teams. So you lose those guys. Now you're taking guys off the practice squad as they get promoted and having them on special teams. That's also something that not only Maurice Drayton, but all special teams coordinators have to deal with. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to practice, I think, because at least you know when you can do full speed stuff on offense, defense, that's pretty close to being like a game, but it's a lot tougher on special teams to do it. Um, you know, I've been covering this team since 93 and the most vilified coach on staff annually is the special teams coach. And I think it's that way in probably about 28 cities. And there's about three or four cities in this league where, <coughs> excuse me, where the team, where the fans are happy with their coordinator and everywhere else, they're really unhappy because basically it's a job where, you know, if you make a mistake, you stand out. And if you don't make mistakes, nobody notices you. So it's like being a referee almost. Um, so it's, it is. It's a, it's a really tough job. It's hard to find coordinators who are a cut above. And I'm not sure they've had one in 29 years of me covering this team. But see, that's the thing, though, right? So from having said all of that, 
Was that not the single worst special teams performance you've seen in covering this football team? I mean, over 200 or 200 uh, yards returned against you in a half of football. That I said today, I think it's the single worst one I've seen. I've watched all Gary's teams in the 80s and all the way through. I can't remember a worse performance from a Packers special teams unit. I That's what I wrote, and that's what I was thinking last night was, you know, you had that championship game where they had the two horrendous plays, the, you know, the uh, fake field goal for a touchdown against the Seahawks in 14, and and then the, the muffed um, onside kick. And he was there last one. night, Bostic. People were oh, laughing right. that Bostic was there for that game, too. Well, there's a coincidence for you. But, uh, you know, it, it just – but last night it was just one play after another after another. I mean, at least Crosby made his kicks, I guess. But uh, that was – as far as I can remember – in 29 years covering this team, that was the the single worst overall day on special teams that I can remember. It was brutal. Hey, Pete, thanks so much for joining us. I know you got a busy, busy uh, Monday, as does everybody up in Green Bay covering this team. Thanks so much for coming on for a couple minutes, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Sparky. Take, we'll see ya. You betcha. Take care. There he is, Pete Doherty in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Rami is here. We'll get to him momentarily. Mike the Painter, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Mike? Hey, Rami. I just had to call in because that Nate, was, he was so off because Amari Rogers has been off all season long. He's been tentative returning uh, turning punts. He's been calling fair catches when he should be going for it. You know, I, I don't want to just bash one guy because the special teams unit as a whole has been garbage, but he has been the problem returning punts all season long. And there's something wrong with him not getting the offense because he hasn't been playing much offense either. So I don't know. I think it's a going to be a wasted of pick, and I wish it wasn't, but that's where I stand right now with that. And I would hope that next year maybe he has a better year, but it doesn't look like it's going to change. I, I think physically they just got to redo his body. That's where I'm at on this. Mike, thanks for the call. I'm not ready to call anybody a wasted pick and uh, after not even a full season yet. Like. Let's see two or three years, then we'll figure out if it was wasted. Hey, no matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room and settle down on some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. Ha! And all the extras. That was weak. Visit the Facebook page or Q Club of Wisconsin, Q Club of WI, I should say, dot com, Q Club of WI dot com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. The Packers get the win, and we're talking about it on the fan. That's how we do it. It's a green and gold Monday on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. How are you doing on this green and gold Monday? Rami Makloff with your show just minutes away. I'm okay. I'm good. Feeling pretty good. Got a good workout in today. So Good shower, good lunch. I'm distracted already. Yes. Um, because I noticed your shirt. 
Well, sure. And it yeah. brought back memories of how the end of last week happened, where you were telling people to go to said establishment, but just not that night. So it wasn't filled with people because oh, yeah, you were yeah, going yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So how did that go? Did good. you go and it was packed and you couldn't get a table, or did they listen to you? No, it was good. It was it was perfect. Good. It was, it was kind of packed, but not too packed. We couldn't get a table. It was good. Really? It was fun. Oh, yeah. New right. menu items. Oh, new cocktails. I'm sure they were happy by you telling them not to, people Season, not going. Seasonal cocktails. Mm. Does that mean warm? Some are warm. Some just have I like love the warm, warm spices. The warm in them, holiday, you know, like have, they have that warm spice to them, like a cinnamon taste or something like that. No, that I like the ones that are made with like hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a hot toddy. Yeah. I like a hot toddy. Yeah, I'm all about a hot toddy. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, we, you were telling me about a you're putting up another Christmas tree, not in your house, but here in the. I put it up the Christmas the tree here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw. I was on the TikTok, and uh, what I, are you? What do you mean? What do you mean? I, I understand. You, Gary, Leroy, TikTok. I don't know. Anyways. Care. Whatever. I was on the TikTok and I saw I saw a life hack. How do you what? A, a life hack. How do you light a Christmas tree? How do you light a Christmas tree? What do you do with the lights when you light a Christmas tree? What are you trying to get? Like how do you like Like what's wrap your method? The, the lights? Do you wrap around? Yes. You go around, right? Yes. I saw this lady on TikTok and it it looks it looks beautiful and it was so much easier. She just takes the lights. She takes the string of lights. She hooks it on the top. She goes down to the bottom, like along, a, you know, a row of branches, hooks it on the bottom, goes up to the top, hooks it on the top, goes to the bottom. And she was done in like five minutes. Not even. She was done like in no time at all. And it looked great. It looked beautiful. I've wanted to wrap the on an artificial tree. You can uh-huh. do it on a real tree, too. I wanted to wrap the inside. The, the inside pole where all the branches attached to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted just to wrap that all the way. So the lights would be inside the tree going out. I've not done it yet. I've thought about it, but I've never done it. Try that with the tree here. See if it works. No, I don't have that much time. I want to get that thing no, done. That's what with. I'm saying. It'll be faster and easier. What? Your instead life of, hack? Instead of going around. Yeah. Instead of going around, go up and down. Try it. Sure. Okay. Tell me if it works. I'll, I'll go out there. Because, you know, you see these these life hack videos, and it looks real easy. And, and then and, it's really and not. And then it's not. You know what I mean? Right. So try it. Tell me if it works. All right. Yep. I think it's going to look dumb, but okay. All right. So it looked good, though. It looked great. All right. It looked great. Fine. I'll try it. This is mm-hmm. the one in our lobby area where nobody can come into sure. still. But yeah. we all see when we walk in and out of the building. It lightens up my day, Spark. It lightens and up I my day, you. too. I thank you for it. Good. Yep. All right, so what do you got? Coming up on the show today, Sparky, out of the gates, a question off of last night's uh, Packers win. Did the good outweigh the bad in that win against the Bears last night? Did the good outweigh the bad? We'll talk about that. Gary Ellerson will be here at 345. We'll hear from Rob Reichel at 415. He feels exactly the opposite as Pete Doherty, who you were just talking about, about how to fix the special teams, and Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast. He'll be here at 5 o'clock. And I was, obviously much, much more Packers and football talk throughout the afternoon on a Green and Gold Monday. I was thinking, though, that if if they would have lost that game yesterday to the Bears, there could have still been a positive outcome. What do you mean? Well, if they would have lost to the Bears, but then the Bears would have extended Nagy for another three years, <laughs> that could have been a great outcome. Like, I would have been willing to sacrifice a loss to get Nagy extended three years. Like, it would have been completely fine. Sure. Have you seen the rumblings going around about essentially Ryan Pace possibly getting moved up to let Sean Payton. Why are you Payton, trying to get my blood pressure up? I'm here to talk about the to Packers let today. Sean Payton come in my and essentially run is, it? is to come here and talk about the Packers. Wouldn't you want that? I don't want Ryan Pace anywhere near this if thing. If Pace was the president and mm-hmm. Payton was the coach slash GM, you mm-hmm. wouldn't want that. I don't want I don't want Ryan Pace anywhere around. But it's Sean Payton. Yeah, with no. Russell, with, I almost called him Russell Wilson, with Justin Fields. Yeah. That sounds appealing. I would and take I don't, Sean Payton with I don't want a coach GM situation. I don't think many guys can pull that off. But that'd just be entitled. 
just means he would have last say. Kind of like Pete Carroll has last say on John Schneider. Schneider's essentially the guy running the draft and so forth, but Pete Carroll says yay or nay on key situations or key trades at the end of the day. So it would be the same thing. Pace would still control things, but Sean Payton would then have the final say. They got to do something. I don't want they, Ryan they Pace They can't continue around. to go down the, the, the road they're going. They can't. The Lions just hired Campbell. I, they can't go down that road much longer either. I, I know it's only one year, but my God, that's horrible. You got to give them another year. That 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 Broncos game yesterday, good goodness gracious. A lot of those games yesterday were just ugly. Horrible. Just ugly, ugly football games yesterday. Horrible yeah. games. All right, Robbie McAuliffe up next. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll be back on Thursday. Got the next couple of days off. What are you doing? Uh, well, we originally took these two days off to do some shopping, uh-huh. which we are going to do some of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But since mm-hmm. Wednesday now has turned into supposedly going to be a beautiful day. Oh, it is? Good. Uh, 65, 66. No no kidding. I don't know about here. I almost just cursed just now. I I don't know about here. Okay. But we looked at Lake Geneva, and it's supposed to be 65, 66 on Wednesday. So I think we're going to go walk around Lake Geneva on Wednesday while the kids are in school Mm. and, uh, you know. Have a have a beverage, have some lunch, and uh, nice. do some shopping. At the yeah, little I'm small off stores Wednesday too. They have there too. I'm off on Wednesday as well. You feel free to join us. Mm, nah, I'm good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.